going to go on. I think the stash is growing on me. It's growing on me. I think you look cute. I know. I think I look good. I'm kind of into it too, actually. For some yeah. See, I haven't put my finger on it yet, but uh, body bodybuilders, bodybuilders. You don't get girls. You get other guys complimenting you on how you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm single and I'm ready. I'm single, people. So if you want a guy that works all the time and uh, well, <laughs> he's, he's dieting, he probably will not take you for any dinners. <laughs> Mark, will give me, Mark will give me free. Mark will give me any free meals to go out to your dinner. He'll, he'll, he'll come and have lemon waters. <laughs> But I'm single. I have a nice mustache. So if you guys want a handsome man, I mean, and we're not my God, he probably would love getting his expenditure up. Booyah. I mean, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, in all reality, I'm losing weight at a pretty good rate right now. I would say. I'm sure you could offset that step count a little bit, though. No. No. Yeah, you, you probably could. You feel me? Depends how long. <laughs> well, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Though. <laughs> 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 but no so i am uh we're back the, the fat we're are we the fat boys today yeah we are are we yeah we're the fat boys today yeah we got the og we got the og yeah yeah we got the og <laughs> yeah um <laughs> um no i'm actually down so this morning uh, last week i was weighing 184.8 all week and then I weighed 185 the day before check-ins, and then the day before, and then the day after, or the day of check-ins, I weighed, I weighed 184.6, and then I dropped down. Yesterday, I weighed 184.2 after back day, and then today I weighed 183.6. My <laughs> my friend texted me. He's like, Tom texted me. He goes, When the fuck did you get so dry? Like <laughs> a matter of like three days, and I was like. Mm. I was like, I've lost like a pound, just over a pound and just over a pound in a, in a three day spread. So, um, if you want to know what's going on, that's what's happening. So I felt, I felt like shit today. I think I had my first real like shit session in terms of things. I progressed on my lifts, but I felt like absolute dog shit during my session first time. Um, which was great. You already know what has to happen tomorrow. Yeah, I know it's legs. I told Dylan, I told Dylan what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm doing a Widowmaker. I'm doing a Widowmaker on the fucking pendulum. 20 reps. Oh, I hit last cool. week. Last week, I got 14 reps with three plates. Tomorrow, I want to hit 20 reps with three plates. No matter how hard I got to get there, I'm going to fucking get One there. One at a time, yeah. I don't care if I have a nosebleed and I'm dripping blood everywhere. I'm fucking, getting, I'm fucking. Honestly, getting. I kind of hope you have a nosebleed and they're dripping blood everywhere, but. You're not on Anadrol, so I doubt it. Yeah. My blood pressure is quite good, so I think I'll be fine. <laughs> but, but other than that, everything's going well. Um, I got uh, I did a four-and-a-half-hour call with the man down below. Um, well, at least he's below on my, my screen. So I did a four-hour call with him yesterday, learning all things training and how dumb I've been programming for the last year and a half. Um, and he made it so simple to actually start new things and – I can tell you, my clients are very excited. I'm very excited. Um, I'm bringing more about, I think the thing is, is I'm bringing more value now to the clients that I have, and I'm going to be bringing a ton of value to clients that sign up. Um, so, you know, get on the train now. 
Whoever it is. <laughs> 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 the now. I can't. Fuck being around the bush, man. Just let's go. Yeah, just get on the train, man. Yeah, just get on the fucking train. The rebrand, the rebrand's here. Everything, everything's exactly how I want it. My guy in prep is fucking spot on with how I want him. Um, I'm not gonna give any dates. I have a show picked out. I will let the boys know after the podcast when when the show is. But they know they know how many weeks out he is. And I can tell you, he has fucking money, and I could not have asked for a better start to it right now for him. Um, and so we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep chugging along. But I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better now that I'm done my training session today, and I got the boys on. So we're gonna end my weekend of programming and everything with a shebang. So um, it's gonna be a yeah. good day. Yeah, Braden, how was your how was your week? Honestly, very. Very, very good as well. We got uh, <clears throat> I onboarded four I onboarded four new athletes this week, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, one who I just wrapped up a call with, and uh, we're gonna she's gonna be coming off of a hormonal IUD, so kind of had to spell out what that might look like for her, and that'll be fun. But uh, excited for the long term things, and just kind of spelling some things out there and. Got a couple competitors coming on, which I'm excited for. But this weekend was the, the cherry icing on the cake for me. Um, I got to meet a ton of Miller Elite athletes that a lot of my own athletes that I've never actually been able to meet in person. But at the same time, um, some of our other coaches' athletes, I met some of Tyler's athletes, Jordan's athletes. I actually met one of Dylan's athletes. I, I've met Travis before, but never actually had a pretty good chat with him. So met him, had a pretty good chat with him. So just really cool seeing all of those people kind of from our team and in one place and coming out for support. And then uh, even the posing seminar itself was great. I kind of was just hanging around and then some people were asking for tips there. So I was helping out a little bit with that too. And seeing, I got to keep an eye on a couple of my own athletes that are competing and see that just to make sure in person that we're on track. And I'm very pleased with where those guys were sitting, namely uh, Tyler and, and Patrick uh, Plowman. And then, I have uh, Tessa, obviously, who came down to host the posing seminar, the Bikini Pro, and making sure she's in a good spot because we just kind of fired up her prep and she's looking good. So really, really happy. And it was uh, it was a really fulfilling weekend overall and lots of positive feedback and stuff. I got to take some pictures in the famous Gold's Northgate posing spot. I was about to say, I was about to say, you looked, you looked, uh. You're looking pretty good, bro. You wanna you wanna hop into a show, bro? <laughs> that was the well, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm now I'm considering selling my house and moving to Calgary just to have that posing spot because holy yeah. man, that lighting is that lighting makes you feel some some kind of way, I'll tell you that much. So what you're saying, so what you're saying is uh so what you're saying is Tyler's Tyler's gains are all falsified. It's just no, like- <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you this much. Tyler looks really fucking good, man, and it's uh it'll be good. But no, like that's I'll leave it at that. I had an amazing weekend to cap off. Uh, a good productive week and another week ahead where I'm going to be looking at a couple properties and stuff like that for something we got in the works. So some more exciting stuff ahead and just keep banging away. You know, the drill, you get your equipment situation figured out. Yeah. So, well, yes and no. I mean, I have the storage unit and I got everything I need to get it sorted out. Now I just need to somehow get a hold of the people that are holding it and find out where it's being held and get them to come drop it off. <laughs> so <laughs> in, in, until I can figure out who has my equipment, we're kind of in, in the, the middle of what the hell is going on here, but it'll get sorted out here this week. That's one on the, on the to-do list. Awesome. Dylan, 
OG, OG, OG fat boy. OG fat boy. I'm literally the OG fat boy. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get so canceled for that. Cancel away. Cancel away because if you're gonna come cancel us for being fat, well, you have a walking OG fat boy who can tell you (laughs) definition of definition of not being fat anymore. So I'm not uh, I'm pretty hard to cancel in that department anyway. I can cancel in lots of other ones probably, but not that Anyway, uh, my, my week was pretty good. It's uh, It's been pretty busy. The store is doing really well, which is cool to see. I think that's partially just because uh, Saskatchewan's economy is actually doing not too bad, uh, all things considered. So that's really positive for me as a business owner, obviously. Um, I got <clears throat> to see some of my athletes this weekend, which always makes me happy, seeing a bunch of people in the gym. Um, I actually got to train one of Aaron Armani's uh, athletes yeah. in person. Um, and he's a, he's a real cool guy. I, I I don't I never met him really before. He's I think Braden knows him pretty well, but I yeah we're really good buddies. Yeah, so he kind of met me through Braden's uh, socials, and he reposted a couple of my things, and he's he's really nice to me. And uh, I always extra appreciate it when someone like that deep into bodybuilding, it it kind of gives me a, a floor, you know, and gives me a chance yeah. to to share my ideas and, and and my thought processes and stuff. So and I'll tell you I'll tell you this much too. Because we coach athletes and stuff, if you ever need posing, he is a yeah. absolute, I would deem, expert in that regard. I pretty much send all my athletes to him because he's so good and precise, and he's a hard ass with it, and that's kind of what you need sometimes. So Yeah, posing is uh, it's a weak area for me, too, so I've, he's been really useful in asking questions and stuff, so that's nice. And as I was telling you guys earlier, I kind of get in my office half set up here. It's really nice to have a workspace to like do this work. I just can't even believe it. Like this call with Anthony just flew by. I got my nice new computer, a big screen that I can actually see and hear. Speakers <laughs> go loud enough so I can hear things. It's it's amazing. It's really good. Isn't that isn't that I I really look forward to the first day. Like like I've had a client who was in the same gym as me, and like we got to train like once. Like we did like a leg session once. Um, but I've never had like all, like, I've never had like a few athletes in at the same time and had that experience of having like a few athletes there that I can help in terms of one session, which could change a lot of things, right. In terms of, we know the difference. And I think Dylan and I were discussing this in terms of, we discussed this last night actually. And, um, we're talking about how I don't actually have really any in-person kind of training experience. Right. So I, so I don't know how to communicate like that aspect of the safe, like getting them to take it to that place in a way that I can, like, I just think about it through just the online means and what I think it should be not more so looking through it as like an in-person trainer. And what would I do if I was in person compared to that? Um, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity to really do that more. I really want to do that more next year. Um, in terms of that, I know I live far away from a good amount of people, but there it's very much a central base is actually like right around my hometown. So it'll be pretty cool if I'm ever able to get back up to my hometown to be able to just like do like, Hey, you guys want to meet me at this gym? I'll be there. Um, feel free to come by and we'll get a training session in and just enjoy the day. Uh, because I really want to, I really want to start doing that for my team because I still think there's another level that can take athletes um, in terms of things and they can, they can take it further. And I think being able to push them in person, will get that, we'll get that across the bridge and we'll just yield to better results in terms of everything, basically. For sure. I, I saw that this weekend too. I did uh, So when I met up with Tessa there, 
before the posing seminar on uh, Saturday, yesterday morning, we I put her through a glute session and we just kind of went over stuff. Now the, the actual movement patterns were no different than I usually would program. And we were just kind of making sure that all the movements I have in her plan for prep and stuff are, are really ideal and perfecting movement patterns, but we made her work. And um, I had a conversation with her last week and I just told her like, listen, you train hard. I know you train hard, but there's fucking more. There's more. And I want you to pull that out. There's more. And uh, she, she sent me some more videos and, and they were damn good. And then yesterday we had the opportunity to train together. And basically it was, we did some pretty savage shit. And uh, after this morning, she texted me, she was like, my like glutes and like specifically my glute max has like never been this sore. And I'm like, I don't purposely go in there with the intent of making you sore, but like <laughs> if I can fuck you up a lot harder in one session than you've been able to fuck yourself up. Now you're going to know what I expect when you go back in the gym. It's cool. I haven't done a ton of in-person lately either being busy with the online stuff and it's it's really hard to make time for it but once in a while when you get the opportunity to do it even today training with Tyler and one of my clients Jonathan joined us for a session it's just so fun to make small tweaks to this and that and it, it's awesome but when you're when you're just chatting with clients and hanging with people period that are like-minded it's always fun man one thing I'm really blessed with where I'm at that I do I, I don't I try not to take for granted you know like today I got to the gym there's like eight of us there seven of us yeah, that's so super cool. The gym, there'll be cool. probably more, <laughs> sometimes up to 25, you know, and if I count myself in world ambassadors, sometimes up to 30, 40. Yeah. <laughs> so that's then, like, super that's, cool. that's a squad, you know, like it's fun. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm low key addicted to it, actually. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and like that's what it's like, even you, obviously, Dylan and I, we've had some good conversations about that. And like that's for me one of the reasons and driving forces behind the idea that I want to set up this gym and we're working to, to make yeah. kind of a team gym is like, I just want to walk out of an office and just have a bunch of people that I know that are fucking hard ass workers on the floor doing the damn thing. And I can just walk around and like be in it. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to be training at that point in time. And mm -hmm. if I am awesome, I'm going to be even more motivated. Yeah. But I'm moving, just... I'm moving to Canada and getting an office there. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, absolutely. <laughs> Just keep it there. Just keep it for me. Oh, I got cupping for the first time. Oh, let me, let me, oh boy. <clears throat> so I, I didn't just like, get cupping. Like, how deep did you do like wet cupping where they like pulled the blood out of you? <laughs> let me. Oh yeah. Strip tease. I like it. <laughs> Look at that. Mustache with a strip tease. I like yeah. it. Good. That's fucking hard. It was, it shows she does dynamic cupping. So no reason to see my fat body. Thank God this isn't on YouTube. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I'm going to put a sweater on now. Fuck. But um, no. So Amic. So she would. So she would. So she would suction it, and then she'd move it around. So oh, it's it horrible. horrible. That was hor. That was the worst thing. She's like. I, she's like you want to not do that? And I was like, no, and we like have like a very joking relationship together. And I was just like, this fucking sucks right now. And she's like, just fucking breathe. And, yeah. I'm, like, <sighs> and I'm like, man, like the whole time <laughs> trying to fucking just not, not be in pain while doing this. But, but I could tell you like today, my shoulders and my lats felt so open. 
in terms of things. Like it just feels like I got a ton more blood flow in there and there's more, I got more like mobility from things. Um, I don't know if it's placebo, but I'm getting that done like every three weeks. That was as much as it sucks. I find that we were, we were actually talking about, we were actually talking about this yesterday too. Um, when Dylan, Dylan said like, we don't want to do, we don't, we prefer to not do things that are hard or that suck. So, but if they're hard and they suck, you want, you have to do them. So, so I was like, I want to get it done. Training so, and ranges. <laughs> short ranges, finish in the short. No one's, no one's to finish a leg extension in the short range when it's, when you're 20 reps deep. Um, no, but it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, my, my homie, uh, Glowfit, um, that's, that's her Instagram. Um, she is awesome. Um, she takes care of us really, really well. She takes care of me really well um, in terms of things. Um, she's going to be a great asset. I go to her. I go to get body work every like three weeks and now just because I realize I can't function without. Like, I don't know how I did it for so long. But now that I get it done so frequently, if I didn't do it, my back would be so wound up and everything just from training so hard that I think people underestimate the need for body work when you do train it is like it can extend it can extend how your length of time like training hard in terms of things like i think i find that it's going to prevent it's going to prevent muscles from binding up it's going to keep you it's going to keep you limber it's going to keep you loose it's going to create more blood flow and it just overall is going to benefit you in actually trying to grow because it's hard for the muscle if it's all bound up it's hard for it to actually stretch and grow yeah i think i have uh I believe it's a tool that is so underrated, but I also believe it's a tool that all can be so overrated. You know, uh, and let me preface that with what I'm talking about. <clears throat> a lot of people think they can just go for a massage and all of a sudden mobility issues are fixed. You know what I mean? It's like you just go for a couple of massages, mobility issues are not fixed. But if you go for routine massages and you actually work on improving your end ranges and your active range of motion and shit like that, now you're talking. And like, it's, it's funny you're talking about that because I am somebody who has absolute dog shit, internal and external rotation at my shoulders. And I have since I was my biggest and it's just been horrible. And have I addressed it? No, I probably really, really should. <laughs> but today I realized it. Today I realized it. And I've worked with um, one of my buddies who's a physiotherapist, but he's like West Coast, uh, West Coast Barbell Certified or whatever it's called, West Side Barbell Certified and stuff. He's got some really cool certifications. And like he was doing some <clears throat> cars and stuff with me and like a lot of these different movements. And like, he's like, dude, you need to fix this. And I'm like, I know today I'm doing the hammer strength plate loaded pullover with Tyler and Jonathan. And that was our first exercise. And like, we do a couple warm up sets and then we start loading heavy. And like at the tail end of my, <laughs> at the tail end of my top set, I'm at the top and I just literally feel a tendon like slip and pop. And I'm like, oh fuck that hurt. And I did another rep. And I'm like, go for another one. Slip and pop. I'm like, man. <laughs> and I literally got off the machine and I looked at them and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just popped my shoulder like three times in the final three reps there. And it's like horrible. And I'm like, yeah, time to just time to address this. <laughs> I popped my adductor a few times. I popped my adductor a few times. That's the worst, dude. That is the worst. That is honestly, if you and I and it was at the beginning of my leg session. And I still went through the whole leg session, but I popped part of it. And I was like, the next day I tried to like stretch out. I had to like sleep in like a pencil in like a pencil shape because I couldn't, because like 
because my leg couldn't ex- I couldn't extend my adductor like my groin and my adductor like out, or else I would have like torn it in half. And I was like, I was like, hey Mark, I was like, this is good, this this is good <laughs> bad news. I was like, I can't move my fucking leg. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I popped my adductor the other day on the adductor machine because it was the first time, dude. I had such large runway with it, and I was like, it was the first time really actually having an adductor machine. I was like, oh nice. So I load it pretty hard, <laughs> and and, yeah. and then and then so he told me to skip legs the next rotation. Then I then I go again. I go back again for my first session. I'm like, mm, I'm gonna load this hard again. And I and I felt and I felt like it almost about to pop. And I was like, yep, I'm gonna move down load and be smart here and not <laughs> not do this again. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, the week after I ended up popping it again, just not as bad. And I just had to massage gun the fuck out of it. AKA, do as he says, not as he does. Yeah. <laughs> Another to, to reason. Be clear, though, to be clear, though, when I said I popped my shoulder, it, it wasn't an injury pop. It was more so like yeah, bad over, over the bone. Yeah. But like, it, mine, doesn't mine's, feel good. Mine's, it doesn't feel good, and that just tells me I need to work on my active ranges. <laughs> mine's stupid. Yeah, don't don't follow me. Don't do, don't do what I do. <laughs> if, anything, if anything, I feel like anybody that listens to this podcast just knows to not do anything that I ever say to do. <laughs> it has just made me. It has just made me a source of invaluable, invaluable. <laughs> like, just don't do what he does. Avoid. Well, um, the pot, the topic today. We actually have a top, guys. We actually have a topic. We actually have a topic. I know. It's a surprise. Um, we're gonna talk about a podcast. <laughs> What? <laughs> that just sounded funny, yeah, because it is such a surprise. I'm like, yeah, we do have a topic. Holy, we holy going, we wow. going. We're not just shooting from the hip, wrong blanks. We have a topic. <laughs> me and Dylan, me and Dylan have not had a topic since Big company moves. the third episode of us doing Coach's Corner. Yeah, literally. Where to you? Those were like the first like three episodes when we actually did topics that were the best episodes. So well, like when I yeah, started sure. coming on, when I started coming on here with you guys, I'm like, all right, so what are we chatting about today, guys? It's like uh well we'll find out <laughs> but, but let's see where it takes us okay all right i'm ready for it let's have some fun so i think we all we all deal with this and we all deal with it pretty hard and i think there's a reason we all deal with it um and good thing we have basically a psychologist down below just without a degree um down here for why we're probably dealing with it um and the the whole thing is imposter syndrome um so it's kind of like you think you're not good enough. That that's basically the main thing is you think you shouldn't be in the position you are, even though you will, even though you should be very much. If I'm getting it right, um, I kind of lose. I get this all the time. Um, and if you're good, and I find that if you're good, you're gonna get it. If you're not good, yeah. you're not gonna. If you, I, there's a thing that I keep seeing online, and it goes about like, if you're good, you're gonna get imposter syndrome. If you think you're the shit, you're not gonna get it. Like if you're bad, but you think you're the shit, you're never going to get it. And well, I think because you already signs. think because you already think you know everything, and you think that you know what I mean. Versus if you're, I think if you, if you get imposter syndrome, it's that you're scared that you don't know everything. And I don't know. We can we can step into that in a in a bit, but yeah, well, I think that's I think that's true in terms of. I think we're always, and at least for me. You know, me and Dylan have actually talked about this. I, I, I remember going through near the end of 2021 and we were chatting about this in our other group chat at one point. And we were like very sick of actually doing education. 
in a way. We were very burnt out from it. I would say we were just pounding like 2021 for me was just full on just in best education and best education and best education. Like every single month, I feel like I was doing a different course. I was getting a different book. I was doing something else. And I never actually just sat down and <laughs> had nothing to do in terms of education, just applied. And of course, I'm actually going back on my word here because I remember going into 2022, I was like, hmm, you know what? After like February, I'm going to be done learning. I was like, for a little bit, I'm going to be done learning. Well, here I am at the end of March <laughs> doing a four and a half hour training call with, with Dylan. <laughs> okay, but um, here's another thing, right? And like in learning in a sense of what? Because realistically, <clears throat> maybe you don't invest in a course, but you put a little bit more time to recognize patterns within your coaching and your learning because now you're starting to identify patterns better or like we've talked about probably 500 times, you're throwing darts you wouldn't throw to assess the response. And now you've created your own learning and you've recognized, hey, this is what happens when that happened. I wasn't taught that in a book, but maybe I can replicate that in this situation. And then you'll try it another time. Yeah. So I think I was just very sick of it. And I was, but then, but then like a few months down the line, like kind of in January, February, I was like, man, I got nothing scheduled. Right. I got, I didn't, I was like, what am I going to invest this year? Like thinking about it, thinking about it from a perspective, I was like kind of planning out like what I want to do in terms of things I wanted to learn this year and things I wanted to accomplish with my coaching. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to invest into? And I was like, I have actually no clue. And I've, and I actually got some anxiety from that, from not having an idea of what I wanted to learn. And I felt that, that, that thing of, you know, when you're in it, when you're in that imposter syndrome, when you think if you're not doing anything, someone's getting ahead. I think that's the biggest thing that we probably all deal with because we want to, because as Dylan likes to say, we're kind of a, we're kind of a pack of wolves, right? Like you want to be the fucking alpha. Like that's what you're trying to fight for. Right? I like that analogy a lot. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> 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 um, but you want to be the alpha. Right? Yeah. How do you become the alpha? Well, you become the smart, you become the most knowledgeable, you become the best at what you do. The biggest, baddest motherfucker there is. Yeah. And how do you become that as a coach? You're probably one of the smart, you probably know, know a lot and you know how to apply a lot. And yep. so I was like, I felt like I was losing ground. Anytime I'm not learning something, I find that I feel like I'm losing ground. Anytime I'm not doing something or spending a day, you know, and I get this a lot anyway, like a day I take a break and I hate this because I, cause I probably should be scheduling more break days. Like we've gone over this, but I probably should be, but I don't because I feel like I'm going to fall behind. hundred percent. And obviously this can lead to burnout. So yeah, again, again, don't do as he says <laughs> here, but I, but I'm addicted to the process of improving yep. and addicted to the process of always getting better. And I think, a lot of people like to stop when the grass is always greener and they find that place and then they just stop. And I really don't want to get there because I'm not even there. Right. I know I like as much as I'm friends with everyone, I'm not where I want to be. Don't. And I talked about this last night, actually very in depth, but I know where I can get to. And I know I put a lot of pressure on myself to get there. And that pressure involves learning and making sure that I'm keeping up my game because if I'm not, my shit's going away. <laughs> I well, like, and, 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 and I think like if we talk about 
imposter syndrome, I think it's super important to just identify what it is at a super, super basic level. <clears throat> and Dylan can maybe dive into this more psych on this or something, but from a very basic level, when I look at it, and like we said, we were just talking about before this um, podcast is breaking things down simply, right? And like, ultimately, what is imposter syndrome? It's self-doubt. Realistically, that's what it is, right? It's self-doubt. And it's really, really easy in today's day and age to have it and have it creep in because where are we? We're currently, and especially like with us three and, and a lot of our teams and stuff, where are we? Well, we're in an online space that is a bunch of people posting about themselves. And all we are consistently doing a lot of the time is comparing ourselves to other people. Whether you are an athlete, whether you are a coach, all this stuff comes back to basically you comparing yourself to others. And I've dealt with heavy, heavy doubts or bouts of imposter syndrome. And to this day, I can still confidently say, and I'm not, I'm not scared to say it, is I still deal with it, right? And I remember reading some things, diving into it a little bit deeper. It's one of the areas of, of I don't even know, like, do you call it psychology? Sure, that I tapped into because it, it drove me that nuts that I was like, why do I feel this way, right? And if you dive into it and realize on a very basic level, what is it? It's self-doubt because you want to improve and you want to be somewhere, but you feel other people are ahead and you're constantly comparing yourself to those people. I think that I was, I mean, I could get, probably get pretty deep into the weeds in this because it's something that I've been interested in for a long time. But simply put, before I do that, First off, it's not really real in like a scientific sense. It is real in a social sense where like people do feel it, including myself. Uh, so just Braden just described basically very similar feelings. But we have to remember that we are creatures of mimicry, so to speak. And to take a piece of our evolution and try to turn it off is a really sad game because then you end up feeling negative emotion. Because... Like, what the hell do any of us know? So when you look online, especially because now our, our detection systems have been amplified, right? Because you're designed to walk out of your house, your eyes scan the, the um, skyline and your near vicinity, and that's where your danger proximity actually can get to. But right now, and that's also like your potential proximity, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like what's in front of you or what's your surroundings that you're involved in. When you amplify that online, it's like, well, now your potential could theoretically go up because you're seeing other people do things. And it's like, hey, that's very interesting. I would like to do that. So it gives you a creative edge that we didn't have. But then as far as lack feelings of lack of, you're seeing, like I told Anthony, I said, you're 24 years old. I was a moron when I was 24 years old. I had nothing figured out. And you're comparing yourself to some of the best coaches like that I can find on the internet. Well, that's not nothing. So like if you're trying to get there in one year, you're going to be very sad because you're probably not going to do that because these people have been doing it for a decade, right? And it's actually a very useful tool that it actually makes me sad when I hear this imposter syndrome goes around so much and it's actually kind of nonsense, again, because we're creatures of imitation. So like, for instance, if we were all stranded on an island and Raiden knew how to get food or water by a certain means, we would all pay a lot of attention to what he was doing and how. 
because that's a very useful skill. And it wouldn't be like, oh no, you're you're copying my skill. It's like, yeah, that's what's actually helped us evolve because even animals can do this. Like your wife probably would be very interested in this, but in like Africa right now over the last 20 years in a piece of Western Serengeti, lions have been climbing trees. That's very strange. They're not built to climb trees as much as people think that cats can climb trees. They're a land predator. They're very heavy. They're not designed to climb a tree. But about 10 years ago, and there's a bunch of theories, we don't even know why. And this is happening like in front of our eyes, evolution is happening. It's really interesting to me because it's like, okay, there's theories that the earth has heated a little bit via global warming and or climate change, let's say. And, and I don't mean man-made climate changes, I mean climate change in general. <laughs> so, um, the heat that the earth's rays are giving off makes it like two or three degrees hotter on the surface of the Serengeti, which is a lot when you're a cat that's evolved to run at a certain temperature. Like a lot of creatures, you know, for even us, two, three degrees more core temperatures, like now you're ill, that's bad. So they potentially got up into the trees to be cooler as a theory. There's less bugs. I think that there's, I think no one said this one, this one's interesting. I think that it's because the jaguars and the leopards are going to go away because I think that there's the numbers have suffered so long and their prey keeps getting harder to get and they have to live so isolated that they they were the tree climbing cat that was their thing and now they're not even safe from their largest competitor they used to be able to get up a tree now they can't so it's going to be dangerous for them but anyway the point of that all is like i'm looking at it it's actually fun because now i feel like with this new office i'm like uh Jamie from Rogan here because I got my other computer set up so I'm look I wanted to look at something because by the way I didn't I everything have, I've been waiting three I've been waiting two years for this fucking thing to have a pull up pull up pull this shit up guy so everything that I just talked about um and I, so before I get to that actually I tell so I, I do uh, a little bit of mentoring right now with other coaches that I feel like we're not that I could help, let's say. And one of the things I try to tell them is like, hey, look, anything I'm gonna show you, anything that we're dealing with here, I will give you. Because it's just systems and processes. And if you're paying me, you know, or, and or, you know, I'm trying to help you, if you're a friend, it's like, these are the things that are going to help you. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I, I took his Google sheet and now, now I'm, I'm an imposter. It's like, what the fuck? That's like, being on your first construction job and, and the guy says, hey, kid, you did really good today. Here's a nice S-swing hammer. This used to happen where I was from all the time. And he gives you a hammer. Well, now he has a hammer too. You both have one. Congratulations. But if you don't know how to put any shingles on the roof with it, what use is it? You know, so it's like the, these things are just little tools. They're not, anyway. So, so, play, so playing, playing devil's advocate, being, being the disagreeable guy that I am. Yeah, no, but so, and, and maybe I'm not, maybe you, you'll answer this question very simply, but are you saying that there are no imposters then? Just because mimicry no, is- No, so I, I, let, me, let me land my plane because that, that piece, I'm going to tie that in. Okay, okay, cool. Because so, I was, that, never mind. I'm not playing devil's advocate. Yeah, then because I, know where you're I, I know exactly where you're going to go with this. And yeah. simply put, what I think even I could just do it now. Simply put, mimicking something smart because you've paid attention and literally, we've evolved the whites in our eyes because our value systems are always derived of what we're looking at. For instance, there's a ton of literature that if you take people, stand them on a busy street corner and get them to look into the sky, 
after about 10 people pass by, every single person yep, looks yep. up at what they're looking at. Why is that? Because where your eyes point a reflection of what you value. And there might be something valuable for me. You can't or even dangerous. stop Or dangerous. Bingo. So you can't stop yourself from doing that, even if you try. You know, like 80 to 90% of the people do it unconsciously. And that's just a piece of your genome working that you don't even get to control. I find that super interesting. Now, mimicking. So if I tell them like, hey, if you notice, um, like what I told you, Brain, remember when I said, hey, I have, and you didn't even do it, but fair enough. I said, hey, this is why I put all my client chat videos in the same place. And if I explained it to you, and then I said, if you, if you think that's a good idea, you should do it right now, <laughs> you know? And I, I don't take, if you did that, it's not like, oh, Braden copied me. It's like, oh, it's, that's, he has to figure out how to manage that whole beast. That's yeah. an idea that now he has to take and put into his business, which is very different than mine. So what does that even, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a tool that you have to learn how to insert. Now, yeah. if you're just taking, so simply put, mimicry is a good thing. It's an evolutionary skill. Stop being hard on yourself for that. If you're one of those people that are blatantly copying things like word for word and stealing them, that's a flaw in character. And that has nothing to do with psychology or evolution. That's a whole, that's a, a psychometrics problem. That's a responsibility problem. And that's a character flaw. That's very different than something we've evolved with to do to pay attention to what's working. You know, I think we've all, the reason that our little circle of functional health hybrid co bodybuilding coaches has made some headway, I think is because we all have been recycling what's been working. Everyone's watching each other, whether they know it or not. And all of a sudden, maybe X person over here did something and we're all like, hey, that was a really good way to post that type of transformation or that type of information, et cetera. And then the whole force is moving forward. And because no one really is, let's say, harshly competing with each other, we all are, of course, yeah. but not in the traditional manner, not in a power hierarchy. We're competing in a proper dominance hierarchy, which I think is really cool. The skill is getting elevated to the top. And it shines through, which is how it's supposed to work. It's not corrupted by who's manipulating who or who's getting things that they, in means of which they shouldn't be, you know, uh, behind people's backs. It's not corrupted by power or manipulation. So it's really nice. And uh, that's partially because of mimicry, mm -hmm. not, not copying <laughs> and plagiarism. That's a very different thing, right? Yeah. Well, and even like in our, so in our field, there for sure, and we all know this, is a lot of imposters. And yeah. you see now and there that, especially as of lately, we, we've already talked about this other podcast, but like people love talking about female hormones. People love talking about amenorrhea and how to recover these things and this and that. And there's a lot of people who have no idea of what they're doing there, but they feel they need to talk about it to stay relevant. And I would argue that these people, when they start having feelings that might play along the same way an imposter, a person who's having imposter syndrome would feel, like Dylan said, they're not experiencing imposter syndrome. They're experiencing fail or fear of, of getting caught. You know what I mean? They're yes. experiencing being in a situation where now they actually have to solve that fucking problem and they don't know how. And Google is not going to tell them how. And now it's one of the, and that's that Google-based coaches, right? You can Google a problem, probably fix it, but a lot of the times not. 
And it's that there's a drastic difference between fear of getting caught and fear of not being good enough because of who you're comparing yourself to. Yeah, and I think to add to that, it's a responsibility problem. Yes, agreed. When we talked about this uh, last night a little bit with Anthony, I said, bro, A, you can only get to where you're going so fast. It's just like building muscle. Like your unique structure can only, no matter what you're using, there's, there's rate limiters. Everyone has different rate limiters. There's things that can only go so fast. And you're doing the right things. You just have to wait the time. And that's a, such yeah. a cliche answer. But it's like, it's going to compound interest into the future because you're investing into the right buckets per se. But if you don't invest in the right buckets, let's say, well, then you become bitter and cynical because the whole ship is moving without you. Yeah. But that's a responsibility problem because if the ship starts moving, I ought, I'm paying attention. Yeah. So my education stays in line with the marketplace pretty much automatically because I actually function very well in like a, a do- proper dominance hierarchy. Yeah. And it just, I watch where I'm trying to go and I'm trying to elevate, of course, but I make sure that my, because we all, we all kind of want a certain status. And we pay attention and our serotonin and dopaminogenic systems are regulating that and our status regulates them. (laughs) So it's like, if I notice that I fall, all of a sudden, if I notice that like, what the hell, everyone's talking about these three or four things and I don't know anything about them. And wow, I'm going to feel a lot of negative emotion. My serotonin is going to tank and I'm going to get depressed. And it's really easy if you let that ship get away without saying, okay, breaking it down into micro problems that I can all. Mm -hmm. actually solve right so okay so i'm feeling this way and why is that well it's because i feel like this thing is leaving me let's say the ship is leaving the port what do i need to do okay well i need to figure out how how to at least read basic blood panels okay who does that figure out that problem you know there's a few courses okay i have that money do that then yeah and you'll start to create more positive emotion that way because it's like okay you're actually taking responsibility for the problem not just building up malevolence in the background and then talking about people passive aggressively, so to speak, you know. Well, like and like you said, I like I like the ship is sailing example too, because like if you're treating that ship as like fucking knowledge, and yeah. the ship is sailing, well, you possess a paddle. Are you gonna fucking paddle or are you not? Are you yeah. gonna catch up to that ship and get on that ship and climb the ladder and leave your dinghy, or are you gonna just let it go away and tread water the entire time? Well, I think that's why. I think that's why. Dylan just said, our, our, at least for us guys right here on the podcast, is our knowledge set goes with what the current is, is because we're in it. It's because we're, cause we're chatting with all the coaches, right? Like we all, people think like we don't, like I've, I've gone over this. Fuck that, man. I don't think we're in it. I think we're like at the stern of the ship, like helping guide that thing. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're becoming part of the people that are leading. Oh, wait, did I say that wrong? Stern and bow? Did I say that wrong? I think I did. You, you might have get your shit <laughs> i don't know man i'm not I, i'm not a i'm not an aquatic aviator over here okay <laughs> but, but i think we but i think we stay with it because we're always in contact with each other right yeah. and the thing is is like you know i'll bring up the example of what I, we did last night right i i learned all these advanced training systems they're not even really advanced training systems they're just training systems to better my clients responses and in terms of i i didn't know this stuff but I see, you know, I have, I have two people in my, I actually have multiple people who I look up to in terms of Dylan Taylor and also Alex Bush, who I watch all the time. And I know that these, these three guys that I follow and I have massive respect for 
and I learned so much from are using these methods. And so I'm like, okay, if they're using them and they're in a place where I want to get to, should probably, I should probably learn that. I think a lot of people have a thing of, oh, well, how did they learn that? They always question like how they did something instead of actually going to find the answer. I think that's, a, that's an issue. I think like we go out and we seek the answer and we pay money to seek the answer to, to get rid of our imposters. Like we, Braden and I both invested in, in Austin Stout as a mentor. Like we went out and we had to figure out these things that were our rate limiters of our coaching. Our own rate limiters of our coaching was the functional health aspects um, when it came down to it, right? Of course, I had way less experience at that point, but still, it would have became, it would have became a massive rate limiter for me. Um, so, so I think, I think a lot of people can also defeat that imposter syndrome by actually going out and hunting the information and what they, and what they see as the tide. Because a lot of people just rely on Google or rely on a book. But what about people who are actually in the trenches doing it? Like you're going to learn, you're going to learn so much more about how to apply it and how to actually learn it by, by doing it. Like, I think that's what a lot of people get afraid of too, when it comes down to it, especially like they want to talk, like you talk, like you said, you could talk about hormones all you want when it comes down to applying it and us three have talked about many difficult cases. Like these cases don't take two months. Like there's, there are cases that take two months. These cases take, these cases take a a year, maybe 18 months, like in total to even just get to a good starting point to get them to physical progress in terms of things. And I don't think people get this realization because Instagram gives gives this, and I think this is where this imposter syndrome comes from too, is, and this is where it even hits me, is you see some of these coaches fixing things in the six months, but each person's different. I think a lot of people don't understand that when it comes down to these Instagram things and talking about hormones and talking about healing cases and things like that, is each person is different. Number one, you're probably not going to nail everything. There's going to be a rope. There's going to be a roadblock in these cases. At some Always. sort of point, you're going to hit a massive roadblock. It's how you figure out the way around that massive roadblock that, that could take, that could take two, three months just to get around that roadblock, just to keep heading straight, just to keep heading on the road. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. And I think that Instagram gives that false reality over how long it truly takes. Like I talked about this the other day on, on the podcast, I released it with, with my, with my friend, Tim, um, every calorie counts. And we, we did a whole episode on this, on client expectations, timelines, and results. Like, a lot of people are fucked in the head if they think they're going to fix their shit in six months. Like, great. You, you want to you do that? You have to go all in. Like, if you want to do that, you got to go all in. And a lot of these cases are lifestyle people. <laughs> you know what they're not able to do? Go all in on it. It's hard, man, to get people kind of rocking and rolling through some of the health cases, you know? And, and, and honestly, I have... Beef livers, to, beef livers, beef livers, is the key, guys. Beef livers. <laughs> to like working with uh, some of the cases, and some of them are hard, you know. So, anyway, I don't want to get too onto functional health. I want to keep it onto the imposter syndrome. No, that's that's okay. It's good. I just wanted to kind of tie my make my final point, so I don't get sound like I'm looking like an idiot. Um, I pulled up because I didn't know this, but I had a feeling. So I was like, ah, I bet you this is actually pretty well studied. 
I've, I know that imposter syndrome is nonsense. It's like Enneagram personality tests. It's just witchcraft. It's not real. It's real in a social sense because we've defined it as a certain characteristic of feelings. And then we all feel that, but that don't it's just either so because you're feelings. Not... <laughs> what? Why? Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh my God, I'm an Enneagram three. Ah. No, no, no. Okay. But there's, there's things that uh, there's, all of those things I can pretty much, this is going to be way too much to get into, but you can just take a general personality, like a real personality test. And pretty much I could make up a game that boxes up most, most people using colors yeah. or anything yeah. I want. It's not that difficult anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Um, when you, when you talk about, uh, so when we talk about impo- like uh, mimicry is actually what the data is on. It's, it's not called imposter syndrome. We've made that we've socialized that term into a, specific subset of feelings that when you feel those feelings that's what you have it's not really that simple because you can have those feelings of self-doubt or whatever those feelings can be negative emotion can be brought on by many things so then people just give themselves that self-inflicted disease so to speak without really thinking it through because mimicry if you look at a meta-analysis of the mimicry data the ecological validity very high meaning it's used in basically all of neuroscience and mammal behavior, and it's very useful and it's very important. Yeah. Depend, uh, dependent variables, so the subjective ratings of executive actions, so something like um, it's depending from species to species. I happen to know that our species is one of the highest using of this trait. It's why we can conceptualize into the future. It's why we can do a lot of things. The awareness of its use is very low, meaning you don't know what's happening and you don't get much control about about how much because, uh, and cognitive control, low. And you get little control and awareness of it because how much of it you can do. So for instance, my use of mimicry, very high. It's almost like, I don't, I haven't met anyone that can do it like me, but I think it's because of my unique, now that I know more about personality, it's, that's why because I'm very, very high in intellect, which makes me interested in abstract thoughts, but then I'm high in openness to experience, which makes me more creative type. And then I'm conscientious. Those three usually don't come together. So I'm also, enough, I'm willing to do the work to put the patterns together. So I see the world in patterns. Well, um, and like, if, you, if you translate that over to coaching, right? Like if you just apply mimicry and you copy quotation marks things but you can copy it and then oh it worked and be able to reverse engineer it and say well why did it work and you know what i think this is why it worked so in this next situation i'm going to maybe not go full throttle and mimic that entire thing but i'm going to put this piece in and see what happens oh fuck no way wow same result Right. Yeah. And, and that's, I think like, that's what I'm getting from what you're no, saying. You're bang on. You're collecting. So you do, you, um, you know, you're over time I'm doing, so I'm always educating on a various amount of topics that I think are important for what we're doing here. Um, and so a few that I'm just interested in. And then I look at like a, you know, a multidimensional cross-sectional analysis of all of those subjects. And if something seems to be true over the spans of time across five or six different subjects, and it's working, those patterns go in the working bin and the other ones go in the garbage. 
So over time, you filtered through a bunch of different things, and I've been playing for 10 years like this. So <laughs> there's been a, quite the filtration system of things that get entered that are good and things that leave that are not. And fair enough, it probably made my own physique worse than it is. But I came to, I came to grips with something the other day. I had this revelation. So actually, I can use Braden as an example because he was this and now he's not. So when you were competing at your heavyweight, like prepping, like maybe eight weeks out from nationals, I don't know if you were coaching then. If you were, I'm sorry, because it's probably semi-insulting, but that's too bad. I didn't I don't get I don't get insulted. And so, if, you do, if you do insult me, not, I'm coming at you, as we know, with a personality. Yeah, yeah. You're, off, you're, off, you're, off Miller, you're off Miller Elite. You're off Miller Elite. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Hey, and this is technically my boss, so I, I have to be careful what I'm going to say. But anyway, so listen, listen, because we've talked about how I'm very, I have some self-doubt, and it's because anyone that doubts me uses the fact that I'm not like 250 and shredded. Um that's why I'm not a good coach. And they use that. And I'm self-conscious about that. I'm getting way better, but it's like, Hey, I had my own journey. And I also had, I learned a lot. Okay. And I played and yes, that screwed up my own results, but it's made me the coach I am now. When you were prepping about eight weeks out from your show, Braden, if it was between your training session or a PED timing or a meal timing and doing someone's new AMPK program because it was best for them to have the new program for this morning. I know exactly what's getting picked. So why the fuck do oh, I want we, we someone like we. that on doing my shit? You know, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I get it. Like these guys are actually right. They yep. just, they're just boxing themselves as a good coach because they're a good athlete. Those two things are very, to me, they they're don't. very separate because yep. it's like, no, no, I'm fucking working for you. <laughs> like, Look, you know, it's like people don't realize how much we work. You know, it's like, no, this is like a real business, and like a real job. It's not like here's some MS Word documents and see you in a week or two. Like this is a real thing. Well, that and is it, exactly. And, and like, I don't want to cut you off, Dale, but I'll look, I think we've talked about this potentially on the podcast. And I know I think I've talked about it with Anthony, maybe even on our first podcast. But there was a reason why I wasn't coaching competitive athletes when I was stepping on stage. And that yeah, was why, and the reason was because I had been in a situation where I had a coach who was competing in the same show as me. And I did my own prep for the last two weeks because he cared more about himself Bingo. than he cared about me. And I was left on the back burner. And luckily for me, I was educated enough at the time. Mm -hmm. And I kind of threw some own fucking darts at myself to learn at that, at, at that point in time. But the second I got off that stage, I said to myself, I'm not coaching any competitive athlete while I'm still a competitor. And that's not to say, and I'm not going to say I'm going to compete again or never compete again. I don't know. I love bodybuilding, but I don't have to compete. And I have, there's no shows planned or anything for me. Yeah, but now but you've built a system of support, bro. That's exactly, very 100%, 100%. And that's where I'm going with this is. I then was able to transition when I, did, when I was no longer competing after my shit blew up for lack of a better term. <laughs> and uh, it was like, okay, now I can really chase something I, I've really wanted to do for a long time. And I think I'll be good at, but I have a lot of learning. And that's when further learning began. And I started working with competitive athletes and then it snowballed from there. But exactly like you're saying, I can tell you for a fact, and there's no insult here. I 100%, if I was prepping for a show, all I fucking cared about, and my wife will tell you that, 
We've had conversations. If I kept on that path, we would not be together right now. All I fucking cared about was bodybuilding. And that's the fact. And, and I'm not lying. And if you want to be a successful bodybuilder at the top levels, you need to have that. And I'm not going to beat around the bush and tell you that whole balance shit needs to go out the fucking window. Can you still have relationships? Sure. And you need to work on that. But that's just the more, exactly like you're saying. You are 100% right. You nailed it. There's no fucking way I would have been a good coach because my selfish needs would have had to come first if I wanted to be a good athlete. And I cared about being a good athlete and winning a pro card. That's where my, my eggs were in that basket. I think that's a good thing. So like I wasn't getting uh, negative or cynical about that process. I think that's amazing. But from a coaching perspective, I, I sat down and I was like, well, actually they're kind of right, to be honest. Because to say I put 100% effort into my physique is just not true at all. And I've been watching Phil Viz's stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> it's like, I wake up in the morning and I'm running a, or I'm helping run a fairly large business now on two different ones. And I'm trying to expand both of them. That's, that takes up and my clients a lot. My training is like, yeah. and my eating is like in passing and it slips in where I can slip yeah. it in. It's not my whole world and no wonder I don't. And then it made me feel kind of better about my own physique. Cause it's like, well, you've been doing that for like 10 years though. It, like it's never really been what you know it now could be. And I'm like, Oh, but I'm okay with that because I'm never going to get paid on my physique. Not one time, but I've done okay so far focusing on what I know I can focus on, mm -hmm. which I think is why I'm all on a good route. I should continue focusing on that. And of course, building my physique. Do you, but, think it's, do you think it's from a point of also like your, your kind of thought process of fulfillment too? I think so. Yeah. I think for us now and especially, and like, Braden's done competing, right? I've never competed, right? So there's still a fulfillment piece that needs to be done for me, right? Before, I don't know how long my bodybuilding career will be, you know, of course, I hopefully will be national level and then maybe ever, I don't think I have the genetics, but if ever, pro card would be great. But I think there's a term of fulfillment that Braden got from it and it almost ended up killing him in the process. And now he's changed that to where, his fulfillment is no longer, it is bodybuilding, but it's bodybuilding in the sense now that he can actually, he can actually just focus in on coaching and being the best. Well, man, his I can tell you your full fulfillment now is probably from coaching athletes to stage more than sure. it is on your physique. And I think we all in terms, I can even say like my, my bodybuilding is not number one. It, it, it takes a piece, but I tell people, I actually find bodybuilding easy right now because my training fits into my, into my schedule. And I, and that's like my break. Like I go, I go to work, I work my nine to five or whatever, eight to four. I work out after that. I come home, I eat my post-workout meal. Okay. I'll work for two to three hours. Yeah. And then I go to, and then I got bedtime. Like by the time that's done, it's 10, 11 o'clock at night. Like it's time. Yeah. To and it's just like, I think a lot of people don't realize how much, like Dylan said, how much actual work goes into it when it comes down to taking, like, you, no matter how many athletes you have, like, like I only have 10 athletes, right? I have 10 athletes currently. It, I put just as much effort into there because there's a, there's a quality aspect that I uphold, right? And I'm always talking with my people. Like I'm always trying to find something to better my coaching. Yeah. Because the better service I can give to them, the better I'm going to be. 
in terms of that. And I get fulfillment from that, from being the coach that they want and from constantly getting better as a coach. And well, yeah. So I think it's just like, I think a lot of people don't realize we, we as coaches make just as much sacrifice as the athletes do. We put our physiques on the shelf to make their physiques the best possible. Yeah, like last night, or was that last night, Anthony, when we did our call, or was that two nights ago? That was last night. So, okay, but this is, you guys, this is what's happening. Like, I, I've i got this new office set up now, and I lose track of time. Like, people don't realize how much we work. And I don't mean we, me, Anthony, and Braden. Like, I know if I went to Mark's house, Cam Cheek, Justin Mahan, all, all of the guys that we're, that we're talking about right now that are doing a lot of client rosters and a lot of great work, functional health work. It's a lot of work, like a lot. Like I have like normal work and then I have like smoke some weed and do more work. I have yeah. two modes yeah. and that, that, that evening work is like the fun of my day. And, yeah. and I do train obviously. I'm very serious about my training, very serious about my training, yeah. but I, I get my training is like slotted in. I have a, training partner that would just go animal on each other. And then we get out and continue on our day and it's right to business. There's no goofing yeah. around and waiting around. And, you know, I just, my food has to go in at this time. The training has to get in at this time. There's not really like a leisure to my training. Yeah. It's just getting it in and then it's all work. And I don't, I don't mean that cynically. I'm like super blessed. I, I love where things are going right now, but it's, it's not just sending out a couple plans here and there, calling it a day. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of work. No. And like the, the fulfillment aspect that you spoke to Anthony is, is funny because I literally, we talked about this the very first time I met you and talked to you was on your podcast when we actually sat face to face and had a conversation. And I said this to you, I personally have a goal and it's drastically changed from becoming an IFB pro to creating IFBB pros. And I can tell you right now, I, I've, I haven't experienced the first one. I have experienced the second one. And after experiencing the second one and turning Mav Pro in 2019, I don't have a desire to experience the first one because I'll tell you right now- It's not worth that, it. That, well, even if it was worth it, it wouldn't live up to the second one because I'm a person who believes in people and want to see people succeed. And if I can be a part of that journey, that to me is, that's what's fulfilling to me. And that's what I want to see. And I think that's why we, speaking on behalf of all of us, do what we want to do. We want to fucking see people create magical shit from within themselves, right? And like, it's really fucking cool when you see that come to fruition, whether that's getting back a period, right? Something very, very, or, and Dylan, you've mentioned it before that you've gotten emotional when those things happen. Or on the flip side, you get somebody a pro card. Well, I fucking... I cried when Maverick won his pro card, right? And like vice versa, there's certain, but I also think it comes back to, okay, right now in this moment in time, if somebody said to me, are you ever going to compete again? I probably wouldn't say no, but I'd have a giant, giant caveat there and say, if it happens, it happens, but I will never sacrifice anything to get there. So if that means I show up on stage at 80%, well, I just wouldn't get on stage. I'd get to that 80% in prep and I would say, okay, well, if the next 20% requires me to sacrifice the efforts I can provide my athletes, 
and I'm going to have to sacrifice another four hours a day. Let's just hypothetically say I had to do fucking four hours of cardio and there's no way I could get all my work done in a quality manner. I ain't fucking doing it. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. And I don't care to do it. Now on the flip side, if all I have to do is eat, train and hit a little bit of cardio, I can probably do it because I can structure my day. Now I've been doing this long enough that I do all of those things anyways, and that's never going to change. So like when I just hired camp, I know for a fact, I'm going to be, I'm going to execute what he wants me to do, but that's because I've been coaching myself and I do it for myself. You're coached by me, Dylan, Anthony, you're coached by Mark. We all do it. Right. But we're not doing it in the sense of sacrificing elsewhere to do no, it. That's just about the it came to that, yeah. If it came to that point, what's the priority? Well, we, I know I speak for myself and, and I believe I speak for you both too. The priority is the people we're serving. Yeah, no, I think that's going on. And that will never, that will never change. But can I execute? I can fucking eat meals and train because that's never going to leave me. That's what I love yeah. to do too. I love to do it anyway. Exactly. I think that that's super fair. And we, we're all going to do it anyway, right? So it's like, exactly. we're already having that experience. I was just more so meaning like the value structure of where you place things in your own value hierarchy yeah. and for me you just landed the point which is like i i would never be able to again sacrifice anything including pieces of my relationship etc cetera, etc cetera, because to me it's just not the outcome is not worth it but that's why everyone should take a good stock of their life figure out where they can be useful and provide the most value to their community society and inner fulfillment and focus on that and i feel like I've done, been doing that. So that's, that's great. Well, and that, that's a perfect segue to an inventory before a prep, right? Because you have to have those conversations with people and say, listen, if you want to truly do this and you want to succeed in this field and you tell me over and over, you want a pro card. Okay. I'm going to lay this out for you. Are you willing to sacrifice your relationship for the next six months? Because if you're 24 weeks out and you look 24 weeks out, and you're going to have to suffer for a, a half of that time. And you're going to be miserable. And you might take that on your significant other. You and them need to be on board to realize that you've made a decision to do this. Because at the end of the day, it's a decision. And you're making a decision. And you have to be okay with sacrificing it. If you are not, you are not going to succeed. Financially, if you're not in a good spot and you can't sacrifice finances to put yourself on that stage and win that pro card, you are not going to succeed. So you're setting yourself up from failure off the get-go. Whereas if you take that personal inventory you're talking about, Dill, and you say, here's what I have. Here's the stock of inventory. Here's what I'm willing to sacrifice to get to that place. And you check those boxes and you say, yes, 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 yes. And then you go all in. Well, you're probably going to see some fucking success. Now, if you're sitting on the fence with all of those, something is getting sacrificed elsewhere. Yeah, I think. Right. And that's, I think, yeah, that's just where we're not willing to sacrifice our, our coaching and our clients results to get that personal benefit. It's just, I really don't care about my, I don't care about myself enough anymore in that field, but I do care about leading by example. And that's a difference. I think I have a view too of me and don't actually chatted yesterday because don't actually asked me a really good question because we chatted about the imposter syndrome, brought it up already. What I, what I actually chatted about is that I compare myself to people who are, I mean, I compare myself to you guys all the time, right? I compare myself to Mark. I compare myself to all these guys that I consider good colleagues of mine at this point. 
um, and one is my coach, and then the other guys are all I've learned something from, and I could call them friends. And I look up to those people a lot. What's the big difference? I'm 24, and they're and they're a little bit older, and that's a big. Those years kind of add up in terms of that, in terms of how much you can accomplish within that time frame, and I think, you know, I take inventory of, I take inventory of my future. Number one, I always take, I always take inventory kind of like, okay, I'm here. I'm right now. Where am I going to be in two years or where do I want to be? And I kind of look at where's my full-time job, where's my coaching and where's my bodybuilding. Cause those are the things I'm single right now. So I don't give a fuck about relationships at this point. <laughs> I'm single. And I'm good. Um, but it's just like, I take inventory. And I'm like, you know what? There's going to come to a point in time when I will have to step away a little bit of time from my full-time is there is going to be a time at that that comes with that and you've told yourself you're willing to sacrifice that yeah and i'm willing and i'm willing and i told and i've actually had conversations with my parents that there will be a time there will be a time when my coaching is going to be near the income that i'm going to make from my full time and i'm just going to have to say and even if it's like 20,000 less i'm going to have to say fuck it cuz the opportunity to push that 20,000 extra is going to be so worth it because at that point, there's going to be so many lives I'm involved with. We just talked about this too. Yeah. That I know that I know that if I want to make a drastic change in terms of people's lives and impact a ton of people, something's going to have to be sacrificed. And whether that means I take a hit income wise, I would gladly do that and go a little bit back on my bodybuilding. If I can't finance my bodybuilding fully, like I'd rather take the hit and do something I fucking love doing every single goddamn day and make money and, and make a good amount of money do it to survive than having to do like all three of those. I would rather. I so is it a hit? So not really. Not the thing is, the thing is, it's not a hit. People, yeah. people will assume it's a hit. That's the reason why I said it. People it's a hit in one department. It's a hit in one department, but the benefits in another area way outweigh the fucking. The fulfillment. That was a post that I made the other day on the cost of inaction. Yeah, the fulfillment. People only consider the one end of the equation, right? It's like, what happens if I do this? Well, I lose twenty thousand. Well, that's bad. Well, yeah, but what happens if you don't? You, you might lose six. You might lose sixty thousand over the next five years. Bingo. When your roster is where you want it. And that's only talking the financial aspect. Now talk about your mental health, your happiness. You're right. It's just like, yeah, we don't need to dive into that further. But. We don't need to dive into that, but I'm telling, but I'm telling you probably the fulfillment aspect that you would talked about, it would probably be consistently filled up yeah. because of what I would be doing in terms yes, of things. Because I, found I could tell you, I could tell you one thing and I'm on a, I'm on a heater. I'm on a heater. <laughs> Run with it. I, every week, you know, I kind of just, I discuss with my clients all the time. Why? Because I fucking get fulfillment from them. I check in on them like two to three times a week. If they, if they give me the effort, I will check. I will make sure that I give you the effort right back. There's, that's the absolute minimum that we do, right? As coaches is effort for effort there. We match that and more. We like to give more. Um, so that's why I'm always involved because I get so much fulfillment during the week. Sometimes I might not from some things that happen during the week, right? There's some things in my life that don't go the right way, whether that's in my job or whether that's just like out of, out of things on Instagram or whatever. It's just like some things kind of can, can do that, but I get fulfillment from talking with my athletes. 
And then it gets to the weekend and it's just consistent fulfillment because it's all my check-ins. It's all my check-ins and everything during the weekend, no matter what, whether we're doing this, whether we're doing, whether it's I'm on the call with Dylan, whether it's I'm looking, I'm listening to like a podcast or whether I'm recording a check-in for a client, anything that I'm doing that's building my business further or is giving me time with my friends that I enjoy that, that, that brings me more fulfillment than, than what some other things in my life would do. Um, mm -hmm. Now I'm very realistic upon where, how long it's going to take. <laughs> I'm not dumb. People could say all you want. And we've, we've even said it before, like we've given a timeline, like you've given a guess yourself where I'll be in two years, two, three years from now. I mean, I, I potentially, and this is probably just me being kind of realistic and I should probably be a delusional optimist with it. I've said 26, I want to be a full-time coach, but in reality, it's probably going to be 30. Like, I, but I will be that delusional optimist to try to make it 26 as much as I can. And that's why, that's why so many people are like, how much money do you spend? And I don't spend a single fucking lick that's outside of my shit. Like if my, like, I just bought clothes for the first time in like a year, <laughs> like oh legitimately, like, I don't, I don't do, I, I don't do things like I haven't bought a pair of sneakers in like two years. Like, I just don't, I don't do things that don't give me like. I survive on what I need and everything else goes to what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like there's a reason why I do it. Like, well, you're in the timeline of your life where you're in your mid twenties and you should be, let's say more so upregulating, sacrificing the present for the future because it's important. And I did a lot of that when I was your age, man. Like I lived, I lived in some gruesome places while I was making like actually pretty good money. People probably thought I was a quack, but I was like, Hey, I just need an army man caught in something. You know, I was like, I'm just making money, just trying to provide for my future. And I think that that pays off in the long term a lot. Well, so, like you, you want to talk it. And again, it's not, you say it might be 30 for sure. It could be, but that also depends how risk averse and, and how risk willing you, you're willing to be, right? Like myself, and I've told you this before too, Anthony, like when I became an online coach, I was an in-person personal trainer in the middle of building my first home. I was 25 years old. I had a steady income from in-person personal training. I worked at a corporate gym and I had 14 online clients. And I literally said, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. And into the, where, where are we headed? Into the unknown, into right? And, and it's unknown. one of those things. When you are forced to adapt, you are going to find a way to make it work. You know what I mean? And, and that's, if you want to go with Dylan's evolution theories and, and not, not even theories, like the way we've evolved, you get put in a situation where it's fucking do or die. You have to adapt. You have to catch that gazelle or you fucking die. And there's going to be, there's going to come, there's going to come a point where, where you get to as a coach, and this is kind of going off topic now, so we'll get back there, but there will come a point where you get to, and anyone listening to this might get to, and the, the dilemma is, am I happy? Is there a giant risk to doing what I might be willing to do? And do I trust myself enough? And my, am I responsible enough, going back to what Dylan was talking about, am I responsible enough to hold myself to a standard that I will do whatever it fucking takes to make me get to the destination on this path that I wanna be, rather than just trotting along this one, hoping that I get to where I want to get to. You just got to fucking just dive 
as I as I wrote that story the other day and I wrote that post, just going into the fucking unknown. That's it, man. That's it. That's it. So it's a really good point. We've all made risks. I've made risks. I've made risk along this way, uh, whether people know it or not, right? Um, and every single risk has paid off. Why? Because if you don't, if you believe in something that you're able to do, and this is totally off topic from imposter syndrome at this point, but we're we're on a here. I can tie it to imposter syndrome to finish with your but but I think but I think it's just when you when you have a full belief in what you can do, you're better off going into the unknown because it's gonna whether if there's someone who's cautious about going into the unknown, but they do it anyway, versus someone who has full fucking belief in themselves. This is where the delusional optimist comes in and the person who's real. They're no longer an imposter, in my opinion. No. Yeah, that's kind of the way I view it too, because if you think about it, I don't really care what people say about what they think or do. I care about what they do. So belief is embedded in action to me, right? So it's like, if you're the type of person to take the actions, like you're putting yourself out there, you're getting and doing the things that are smarter than what you've been doing. <laughs> You're moving along a path of succession. I'm supportive of that. I told that I told that girl I worked with today. Um, I think I just have so much imagination. The reason co- coaching gives me fulfillment is because then I can share it with other people. Because most people don't have any, to be honest, or very little, especially about their own limitations. Let's say. And all of a sudden, someone like me every three days is like, well, have you imagined this? Or like, what about this? Have you thought about this? I have so many questions. And I think over time, they're like, holy shit, maybe I could do some of that. And it's very fulfilling for me to be able to use that as something that doesn't bring me negative social feedback, (laughs) positive social feedback, because it always has not been the case. The call we had last night, I, I remember asking a few questions. You were like, that's a great fucking question here. And I was like, I was just letting my imagination while I was listening to him just chat about these things. I was letting my imagination ride with how I would in, in integrate these things or yeah. interpret them or be like, fuck it. I'm going to ask this question anyway to just spark some sort of conversation that's probably going to lead us down a really good rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> like, so I think, I think it just comes down to all in all, you're going to get, you're going to get this feeling. You're going to get this feeling that you're not going to, that you're not going to know enough. Allow that to actually guide you to continue to go further in depth into that unknown. Because the, well, and here's another, here's another spin on this whole thing. And and you guys can challenge me. I'm not sure or or agree, whatever. I'm open to both. (laughs) Um, But we we talked about fulfillment, fulfillment a lot here. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I don't know how you guys do this with your own athletes. I, I believe I know. But a lot of the times we talk about celebrating small wins along the way, right? And maybe not focusing on the scale, but focusing on a blood glucose number that was hit. And all of a sudden we get the fulfillment from, oh my goodness, we were consistently hitting 80s or we're consistently hitting mid fours and we were in the high fives before or whatever, right? And, and that's focusing on the, the fulfillment aspect of something else, right? So yeah, I think personally, if we're tying this back to imposter syndrome, a lot of the times it comes from because we all are very forward looking and I know myself, I'm a very, very forward looking, always moving forward type of individual. That's who I am. And, and I can't change that. And I think if you're motivated, that's just who you are, right? You want to move forward. You want to keep moving with that ship and everything. But part of that is we're, we're missing a piece potentially. And we preach about celebrating wins. 
and a really easy way to kick yourself out of this mindset of being an imposter. Take a look back at your own fucking inventory about what you've done. And this is something I've done that has helped me. And granted, I still deal with imposter syndrome and whatnot, but look at what you've done, right? Like, have you fixed a case with this, this, this? If you're sitting in a situation where you're like, am I somebody who really knows stuff about functional health? Well, how many athletes have you fucking helped? Am I somebody who can actually put people on stage? Well, have you done it? Have you won any shows? You know what I mean? And if the answer is no, that you haven't done it, and realistically, you're on that path, maybe you're just fresh there and you just need to get the experience. Me. Right? right? Exactly. Exactly. So I'm not going to sit there and say that you can't do it. And, and you can't even have imposter syndrome in the sense of the, the bodybuilding coach aspect, because you have yet to put somebody on stage. That doesn't mean you're not a bodybuilding coach. Right now, if you're tranting around saying you're a winning bodybuilding coach and this and this, like that's a total different ball game. But if you take a look back at what you've accomplished and whether we're talking about the coaching aspect for us, or you're talking about an athlete's transformation from being somebody who literally couldn't follow a diet to now they're following a diet and their physique has went from overweight to in good shape, right? Like there's things you can look at along the way to tell yourself, fuck, no, I'm not an imposter here. I know what I'm doing. And go back, go back, talk to yourself. Self, self-talk is important. Tell yourself what you know and be like, listen, I know this, 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 this. Okay, I might not know that, 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 but I guarantee you at some point in time, I'm gonna know that, 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 because I have my paddles in my hand and that shit ain't getting away from me. Yeah, I think one of the things you said was really interesting. You said uh, that you were motivated all the time. I don't think that's true. I think what you are is- you Oh, sorry, I, I don't, I apologize for that because oh, I also don't go. agree with that. <laughs> no, but uh, it doesn't really matter what word you were gonna use. I think I have a pretty good conception of this that maybe you've never heard before. So something like that to me is, I think what you've found and what I've found and or what we're all orienting ourselves at more so than find, because I don't think we- we're meant to bear loads. We're like sled dogs. We're not happy when we get the thing. We're happy trying to get the thing. There's a very big difference. Yeah, yeah. And you're not so much motivated as you've cultivated meaning. And meaning is what replaces motivation. Like, you know how people look out through the window, so to speak, and they're like, I wonder how that person does this X thing that I would like to emulate doing. They've created a deep meaning to do so. It's not based on motivational gain. Yeah. It's based on meaning. You're right. You, you can see what you're aiming at. You and I have these talks about where we can see our careers going, where we can see our business going. And it's like, well, that that's something. That's not nothing. That's legacy. It's deep meaning. Yeah. And some of, I haven't even figured out some of the things that are driving me yet. Some of them are probably based on negative emotional thought, like feelings of lack, et cetera. Some of them are probably based on positive emotional thought. And I just keep figuring them out as I get older. But I know I'm aimed at the right thing because I've found my meaning. And I think people yeah. don't focus on that enough. They want to right. fit themselves into a box. Like, I'm this type of coach or I'm this type of thing. But it's like, do you actually want, for instance, with the hormone things? You know, like, I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches that I'm mentoring right now. And they're like, well, should I be learning about this? And like, well, do you want to work with people? Well, I don't know. And I start telling them a little bit about what it's like. And it's like, do you want to do this? Does, does this? does this sound fun to you? 
And they're like, no, actually. And there's a deep kind of, you know, uh, realization that comes with that. And it's okay. Not, it's like, I like kind of complex problem solving. Yeah. No, yeah. And I don't like too much of it because then I get overwhelmed with it and it stresses me out. But I like some of it. Yeah. And it's fun at times. But some people might despise that. And that doesn't mean you have to do that. Just yeah. try to do what you want to do. And if you cultivate that meaning, you'll know what that is. Right? I mean, we're trying well, to that, goes, that goes right back to the conversation that you and I had. And I'm, I'm fine with openly saying it. We talked about it. You had that same conversation with me on my couch. And it was like, is that what you want to do? Because I was expecting, pressing, expressing some of these things to you that like, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm lacking in this area because I don't have, if we're talking about a certain supplement or a certain physiological aspect and I can't dive right into the depth of at the fucking mitochondria and the cell and be able to reiterate that to an athlete. Do I need to? No, because what do I want to do? Well, I don't want to have a roster of 30 functional health cases that I'm working on all of the time. That's not me. And I know there are people that like that. I believe your guys' friend Taylor does really like that. And that's what he likes. I'll tell you right now what I want. I want a roster full of high-ass performing athletes and have the tools that I understand these athletes are going to come across situations where they're going to be in a place where they need the help to get out of a functional health issue. And as long as I have the necessary means to do that, I'm good. Do I want a roster filled with those people? I'll say it straight up. I don't. I do not want people just coming to me left, right, and center to fix functional health issues. They're fixed. See you later. Bring on the next one. And that's what I sit and do. Nope. Do I love solving those problems? Absolutely. Because like you said, it makes me think very abstract. It makes me challenge myself. It makes me use my abilities and really push myself outside of an area. And then I get a fulfillment at the end of that. But once I fulfilled that need, now I want that athlete to have a total different goal. And the goal is to build a badass fucking physique. And now when we get the badass physique or we get it to that level, then we, we reiterate or we come up with a new plan and go from there. But for myself, like you said, the meaning for me is not to sit here and just have functional health athletes across the board over and over and over. I know what I want to do and I want to pursue and I'm going to keep moving in that direction. But yeah, so you, think, base your, you base your decision-making on trying to get to that path. And I kind of want to be in that path with you, except I actually think I'll end up more of a hybrid coach. I am a yeah. little bit more interested in more abstraction, you know, and with For some sure. of the things I want to do, I'm, you know, I'm in. I think we're both, I think we're both hybrid coaches. Like in all, in all honesty, yeah, a lot of people, like Dylan said, I think when you, when you really give them the reality of what it's like to actually coach these people, there's a reason why I said this in the beginning of the podcast that that the timelines are very unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to actually coaching them. Um, people- well, that's how you know people. When I see, uh, uh, let's say, a mass iterization over time, so a themology, let's say, that these type of things can be fixed with these 12 to 16-week protocols, and that same coach, let's say, is, is putting that out there into the ethos, it almost immediately reveals to me that you haven't done very much of it. Or if you do, you have no regard for if people actually get better because it's very hard to just tell people. I have lots of people that come to me and they want answers like this. That tells me the market's not servicing them right. 
I've had people not sign up with me multiple times now in functional cases because I couldn't tell them how long their silo was going to be to fix. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why did it have to, but if you break, if you pull that apart, I see, I just don't stop at that. It's not like, Oh, move past that information. No, no. The train stops. Why is that specifically? Why have I lost? There's a pattern there. Well, okay. It's when I pull that apart, it's because the expectation in the marketplace has come from the market and into yeah. the consumer's brains. Yeah. So, because everyone's and, like, give me the, t- give me the 10 week kill off protocol. I literally, I was trying to explain to her. She's literally sending me um, these protocols and I'm like, oh yeah, I know whose protocols these are. And oh yeah, I see these quite a bit. And the reason is, is because, well, they had tried with two different people that gave them a very specific timeline of here's these phases and you'll do these things with these supplements and blah, blah. And it didn't work. So she's pissed off. Like she spent, you know, $6,000 in the last six months on supplements and coaching and nothing worked. And I, I have empathy for that because it's like, well, but I can't do the same crappy thing and give you what you want. <laughs> like it didn't work. So that's, I'm telling you, it's not going to work. And now you're upset with that information. That's when I didn't know how to help. You're literally them. telling me you want to keep yeah. walking into a door and bumping your head instead of turning the fucking handle and opening the door. Kind of, yeah. But it's, I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. Time. To tie everything back to what I was actually going to say, because I remember a year ago, I was actually on the Excellence Cartel podcast. I know. I remember. Remember, I was a hot shot at one point. <laughs> I was I was up and coming. Um, I'm still up and coming, actually, considerably. Um, but um, I they asked me, how did you find your how do you how, how have you gone finding your niche? And I remember actually being really stumped by that question. Why? Because I have my hand in the fucking honeypot with everything. I have I have a cyber case right now. I have a, I have four functional, I have four hormonal birth control cases going on right now. I have another one that I'm dealing with in terms of they're having both types of it, gut health and those types of issues. Um, I have bodybuilders and then I have like regular general health guys, general health people. <laughs> so I have a whole mix. So people are like, how'd you find your niche? And I'm like, I haven't, I don't plan to, because if I just, there, there's a reason a lot of people are successful, I feel like, in this industry. And I feel like it's because they do niche and they yeah. find that and they find that sector that works for them. Yeah. Like a lot of people struggle to find that main sector. Like Dylan might be a higher coach, but he has that main sector that's yep. always there. You, yep. Braden, have that main sector, right? Of like bodybuilding. Yep. Right. I, on the mean hand, am just doing what I can to get the experience. I'll say this though, too. I'll say this though, too. Over time, these things may change because like for myself, the first athlete I ever coached was in 2013. Do you think I coached any bodybuilders in 2013, 2014, 2015? No, I coached general health people. And I I guess I don't even know how to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Along the way, you really figure out that meaning that Dylan was talking about. You find out what is going to fulfill you. And that's not to say when I work with a general lifestyle health person, I don't get fulfillment, but I have a limited capacity as well. If I could coach a million people and have 500,000 lifestyle athletes and 500,000 bodybuilders, I would probably love to do that. But again, with my meaning, I probably would love to have a million bodybuilders, right? Now, will I still coach lifestyle people or general health people? Absolutely. But I'm going to expect a lot out of you 
Because what I like doing is fucking creating elite ass individuals. And again, it goes back to the same idea where if I get somebody apply with me and the application simply says that I have SIBO and I want to fix my SIBO and that's their goal. Their goal is specifically to fix SIBO. This guy. I'm probably honestly 100% going to reply to that application. I'm going to let them know, hey, I could probably fix your SIBO, but this is not an area that I necessarily have the ability to cover right now because it's going to take away. Like we said, these, these, the things you need to do are very time consuming in these cases. And if I just load my roster up now with these cases, it's taking away from the athletes that I want to service that are taking me to my meeting. Now, when, when Dylan wants to do a little bit of both and he still wants to have a roster of functional health cases, and I'm sure there will be a number he puts on that to have at a time type thing, because you can't just keep pouring into that cup. It's going to spill over. But what it has and they can handle at a time. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the conversation where before, before I reply to that, I'm going to have a conversation with Dylan and I'm going to say, Hey, are you comfortable with this case? And he's going to say, yeah, I got a couple, couple spaces open for functional health athletes. I'd love to, I'd love to take it on and, and fix them up. And that's where I would reply, include Dylan on the conversation, introduce him. He is, is a hundred percent capable in fixing these problems. It's not something that I would, that I'm wanting to do at this moment. And he's your man, Dylan fixes them. And what happens then? They might just go back to their fixed up. They might go back to their life. Maybe Dylan can get them on the, on the side of, maybe they, they do become an athlete. Great, awesome. But when you come to me and you tell me your goal is specifically to fix a health problem, quite frankly, as much as I have the capability a lot of the time, it's not actually just what I want to do. I have something that I, my meaning, right? It goes back to that. And I really like to use that term instead of motivation because my meaning and what I want to do goes in a certain direction. And if we just try to pull ourselves in every direction all the time, you're always going to be chasing meaning and trying to find a meaning. And, and so you guys, this yeah. is, this is, this goes back to Well, that's what I'm chasing. That's what I'm chasing right now. Right. Is that. Yeah, I'm going to tie these both together. You're, you're older, you're younger. This goes back to ancient stories, ancient philosophy, ancient religious text. It's like, what happens as a 13 year old boy, you go out and bring back a saber tooth tiger fang, bring back a lion hide. I don't care. There's hundreds of stories throughout all cultures that's going and finding meaning. What yeah. was I put on earth to do? And if you get the idea we used to be, if you get close enough to death, you'll figure it out. And that's why there's lots of psychedelic experience throughout all of Western culture, creating meaning. And I think it's important for young men to go out and find it. And 100%. I did have a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm still kind of, yeah, I think it's something that's malleable over time. It kind of malleates as your life changes, but you have a direction in which you're trying to orient yourself on a map. And it changes based on the new information that's kind of coming into it because life does throw things at you that you can't plan for. But I think it's important that what you're doing, that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're getting your hands a little bit all in these different pots and you've cultivated a bunch of skills. And then over time, you'll reduce the amount you put your hands in certain pots and you'll increase the frequency in which you put the ones you like and you'll narrow that down. Best, yeah. best book to ever read if you want to do, if you want to learn more about this, honestly. I've read this book multiple times and I read it almost every year is man's search for meaning by Victor, by Victor Frankel. Good. Fucking fantastic book. That I think everyone needs to read because it really it's the story of Abraham. It's never too late. God kicks him on the tent like 85 years old. 
Yeah. Off to the unknown you go. Go find new land. Well, it's here's like, here's another here's another fucking fascinating thing. Here's another fascinating thing. When you pick a path and that's your meaning, within that fucking path, there's, there's going to be a lot more paths. You know what I mean? Like, okay, perfect. I want to I want to specialize in functional health. Okay, awesome, great. Well, how many different things are there? that you could become really, really good at or find a lot of meaning in, and you might fucking hate. You might hate dealing with SIBO specifically. It just might be something that you just get to and you're like, oh, another one of these. But then you flip around and you're having, you're excited to deal with amenorrhea or you know what I mean? Like there's just so many different things. And now you're down a path and I, I'm just speaking to the two that we kind of are on the front of mind all the time now because everyone's talking about them, but there's a million, there's a million things, whether it's thyroid health, whatever. Right. But once you choose that direction, there's going to be more decisions to make. And, and it goes, you want to go the other direction. Okay. Bodybuilding. Well, myself, we talked about Aaron Armani already, the, the guy that I use as a posing coach. I love training, nutrition, bodybuilding as a whole, PEDs, posing, all of it. I love it all. Am I the best man for the job at this point in time for posing? No. Am I going to invest tons of time in trying to become that man? No, because I can fill the boots of most of the other jobs that are needed to be a bodybuilding coach, and I can confidently do it, and I have somebody else for the other job. No different than I just said, if I wanted to take a, a, an application from Miller Elite and pass them off to Dylan to deal with the functional health, because that's all they care about. Well, if there's a bodybuilder and we're getting them ready for a show, well, I know for a fact there's somebody better for the job than me to get you to that number one spot to deal with your posing. I'm going to push you in that direction. I think, I think it's a good input. Just to, anybody, yeah. anybody got any final words that they want to say? No, that's it. We've ranted enough. I think. No, that was cool. I think there's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's we've we've outlined what it is. We know what it's all. It's experienced and uh, deal with it. Find your find your way. Find your way to deal with it, right? And and just I don't know. I don't, I'm just gonna stop talking now. But we changed from the fat boys to the philosophical boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's good though, man. I do think it was an extremely important topic to talk about. I 100% do because I can tell you right now, I've had conversations with both of you guys that we have all experienced this and still, still do to this day. Dylan and I had a really good conversation this week. And it's one of those things where will it ever go away? Probably not because we want to be the best at what we do. And there's usually always somebody better. And if you're looking and comparing yourself to somebody better, you might have that feeling of being an imposter or whatever. I lied. I, I, lied, I lied. I do want to end with something. Sometimes you have, and I'll be very quick. I Sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. Cause I've been a lot of soul searching in the last five or six months. I'm going to do some more when I get, when my work gets caught up over summertime into fall and I play with some more psychedelics, I think I'll get some good answers. But even without that, I think right now, what I'm realizing is, you know how sometimes you look at the abstraction of what you think somebody is. So right now I'm looking at Anthony and well, this is what he is. And then I see his socials and that's what he is. Well, not really. I see the front of him. I don't see the back of him. I don't see what like your cellular structure. There's a lot of missing from the picture. So 
how I'm not making the right comparison at all. Like I'm not at all. For instance, some people ask me like, oh, well, how, how can I get to where you are? And it's like, let's, that's a very complex question because let's, if we pull it apart, a lot of the things, and I iterated to this, we can get into this maybe in a different episode. Two or three of the main drivers to drive me to work as hard as I am are not from a pleasant experience. And I still am mining the fact, like exactly what those mean and how they got there and why they continue to be there. They're old and ancient in me and they didn't come from a nice place. So be careful what you wish for. You know what I mean? Like it's you, with every advantage, you get a disadvantage, right? So you don't always have the whole picture. You look at someone and you think, oh yeah, they're driving that nice horse. Yeah, but maybe he hasn't slept in like seven weeks and all he does is fight with his wife and he just wants to drive it into a tree. You know, so like, that's not something you want to emulate. And if it is, well, that's fair enough to you, but it's something I want to emulate. So you have to be careful what you wish for. 100%, 100%. And just, yeah, I, I don't need to add on that. I was going to say something, but I literally don't. It's really, I was going to basically just compare it to social media, right? But it's, we all know what that, that directly correlates. And it's one of those things that's so important. So that's huge deal. We could, we could literally do that. This could be a three hour Joe Rogan yeah. podcast. If we really yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, like we sure. really wanted to keep going into this, but um, no, that's the end, guys. Um, you know, you it was an hour and a half of fucking fire, as I as I always say. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, per usual, go follow the boys on Instagram. Um, go follow Braden. Go follow Dylan. If you don't follow me, I don't know what you're doing because I'm the host of the podcast at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you might be coming from Braden or Dylan's page and you might not have listened to this yet. So go follow me too as well. Um, also tag us on Instagram. Um, we think you guys are actually really going to enjoy this one. I think specifically really, really it's going to touch a lot of people in terms of things that they're feeling currently. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this, go tag us on Instagram, go leave a five-star rating or review on Apple and Spotify. All you gotta do on Spotify is go click. There's a five-star thing under my podcast that you can just click and it helps me get more known, um, helps us get more known, gets us more views, able to impact more. Like, can, I add one, can I add one thing there? Okay. The more that you guys take us and show us you enjoy these because, and I can speak for myself when I say this. I have so much fun doing these, just sitting here talking about this stuff and trying to bring value. The more we want to do it too, because you guys get value from it, right? Like we just have so much fun doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's our, it's like I said, it's our break. It's kind of like our break from society for a minute. Um, so um, definitely go share it with a friend. Um, tag us on Instagram. Like I said, subscribe, definitely subscribe to the podcast. If you guys don't, because we will be coming with these episodes every single, every single Monday, as long as we don't have any travel plans and things separate. Um, but we'll always try to replace someone. If there is, we'll try to find a replacement. Um, we'll find a way. So we'll, yeah, yeah. When there's a will, there's a way. Um, so we'll definitely find it. Um, on Thursday, I will be releasing an episode with Brandon DeCruz on um, G-Flux and how we're going to use NEAT and activity and also increasing calories to kind of help transform physiques. Um, in a way, he did a great presentation at PEC and I wanted to get on the podcast too. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so be on the lookout for that one. And then, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure all three of our books are open for coaching. I don't know if Brains is, um, but I know yeah, ours are yeah. all open for coaching. Um, my link is at least my link is in the show notes because I'm cool like that. So go access mine because it's easier. No, I'm kidding. Um, go access any if anything touched with you guys. Honestly, 
hop on a call with I, all three of us. We're gonna give you a value either way when you hop on a call or send in an application. So you won't leave empty handed when it comes down to us, I bet. Um, so yeah, if you guys enjoyed this episode, thank you. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Fat Boys um, every Monday. So Thanks, on guys. this is Beta Podcast. Later. Thanks,